Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. A barrel full of topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville, dial pound 3636. In-house every midweek, Ernie Eves, former Premier and Finance Minister here in the province of Ontario. How's Ernie? I'm great. I'm enjoying summer. Are you? Well, enjoy it for uh, well, the foreseeable future because what, are we out of summer officially in the fall on the weekend? Yes, we are, except the temperature and the weather isn't going to be No, it's all pleasant. like it's going to be great. Got to like it uh, as long as we can hang on. Dan Moulton's back with us, consultant at Crestview Strategy. That's a public affairs agency and a former advisor in the McGuinney and Wynn governments. How's Dan? I'm doing great, John. I agree with Ernie. It's a beautiful day out there. Okay. It's almost Mr. Roger-esque, isn't it? A beautiful day in the neighborhood. Good Maybe that's you. why Elizabeth May took the day off. She has no events today. She has no events today? All right. Well, we'll talk about an event that obviously we'll uh, see her want to be there. John turley is with us, risk management consultant, specializing in capital markets with extensive experience on Bay and Wall Streets. John, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Good. Just want to ask a tenant to a piece that uh, we were discussing with uh, the folks, the callers before you got here. Uh, it came to my attention that the, the Toronto District School Board, one of several institutions, taking measures to support students who plan to walk out of class as part of a global call to action next Friday. Uh, it's a climate rally. I guess it's going to be held at Queen's Park. These are all over the world, and uh, there's one in Montreal as well. Fridays for Future, this was uh, spawned by Swedish teenager Greta Thunberg, and uh, it's been dubbed a global climate strike. Time to coincide with the United Nations Climate Action Summit in New York next week. That the school board uh, would suggest, hey, this is something that we're fully on side with. Is that a dangerous development? Is it something that they're wading into politics now? Or is it entirely understandable and permissible? Dan, let me start with you. Well, to start with, I don't believe the Toronto District School Board endorsed the rally or, or, or directly supported it in any kind of way. I don't think they said it was a board event. Uh, but yeah, no, I think this is this is fantastic. It's great to see young people in this province and in this country standing up uh, for what they believe in, representing their values. I think anybody who's taking aim at young kids, uh, disparaging their views, disparaging, disparaging their participation in the public process uh, is completely misguided. You, you mentioned the the young woman Greta from from Sweden, mm. uh, who is you know part of the voice behind this as a, as a I think she's 16 years old or so. Mm. Uh, people that target at her, Max, older politicians, Maxime Bernier, Maxime Bernier, a great mm. example of a repugnant individual uh, <laughs> who are attacking which, this young woman which, which for her Maxime belief, Bernier, <laughs> <laughs> who are attacking this young woman for her beliefs uh, is it, it's disgusting. And, well, and I think the idea that you would discourage young people in this city mm-hmm. from taking a day to stand up for what they believe in is is kind of sad. Well, okay, uh, taking a day for what they believe in. Uh, nobody's suggesting that, that the school board is, I guess, uh, coming down by suggesting that they're not going to penalize anybody academically, no tests, no assignments and things like that. They obviously uh, are simpatico with this, but uh, where does that end? So uh, somebody called in and said, what if there were a big rally for capitalism or something? Look, I guess if I can put a finer point on it, years ago when the schools endorsed uh, An Inconvenient Truth, Al Gore's movie, the Academy Award winner, and made it part of the curriculum, there have been a lot of questions drawn about doing that as 
board policy. And that's what I'm saying. When you wade into politics, you want to be mindful or careful uh, that, you know, you're not establishing uh, a precedent or politicizing things, you know, maybe even getting into propagandizing. How do you see it, John? Uh, well, uh, first of all, I'd correct you uh, on the penalizing part. Uh, the, the TDSB has uh, stopped penalizing students a long time ago. Mm. Uh, you know, trying to fail a student today is is a is almost like trying to fire a union member in, in, in the teachers' union. It's not <laughs> something that uh, readily happens, uh, as you well know. So. <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 be straight on that. Uh, sure, uh, I agree in principle with what Dan is saying, but the part that you're bringing out is the fact that a lot of kids get used uh, by adults to, uh, you know, front their political views, and it's quite possible that you have uh, teachers who are, uh, you know, uh, happy to have environmentalism, uh, you know, fronted by kids because it advances their own agenda. There may be other teachers who simply don't. Uh, the question really comes down to, though, are kids being used by, you know, various political actors out there uh, to front their agenda? So uh, rather than having kids speak, I'd rather he- actually hear experts speak, frankly, on this stuff. All right. Uh, Ernie, do you have an opinion one way or the other on this? Well, or- I don't think there's anything wrong, obviously, with young people coming out and expressing their point of view on something they feel strongly about. I guess the issue becomes, though, as you have pointed out, that so where do you draw the line? So this issue, okay, maybe most people could agree is serious or important enough that we should be taking a day off school. What if uh, another group of people think that next Monday uh, should have another issue and the, another group of people think that the following Thursday is important for a different issue? Who gets to pick and choose when students are allowed to just vacate the classroom because they believe in a certain cause? Does it depend on the cause? Does it depend on... Well, and they're I, saying I, the I magnitude the of the cause. point of view is. Well, the magnitude of the cause, because it's obviously... Well, how, about, how about no nuclear war- arms anywhere in the world? Isn't that a very important point of view? Shouldn't sure. we have a day for that? Well, I don't think anyone's declared I'm, a day, I mean, right? I don't no, think the, the TDSB can... hasn't declared a day. They're saying that they understand students are going to participate in this rally... That's nice. I think that that's what they've said. Full stop. I yeah, don't, they have. But uh, they, to they, the they point. haven't said they haven't said this is this is a day off school. No, they, they haven't said it's a, they were closing all. They're the schools, endorsing so a day. That's the point Ernie was making. If the United Nations gets behind something or endorses it, if it's got a critical mass or it's uh, of such magnitude that uh, you know enough people buy in and the school goes along with it. Does that but, make? But, yeah, but John, if if I can just interrupt, I mean, in, in all honesty, how many kids do you think are actually going to show up? I mean, it might be the liberal club at some high schools and the student union, and that's about it. So you may be talking, what, 20 or 30 kids, uh, you know, from a small number of schools that are going to go to this. It, you know, it's, it's, it's not something that you're going to see thousands and thousands and thousands of students on. And I, I'll bet you a cup of coffee. I think you may be surprised. On that. Oh, well, yeah. maybe I will be. But <laughs> I, think, I don't think I you're going to see thousands and thousands the, of students. The intensity of, of passion around climate change issues among young Canadians. All right. Uh, well, I wanted to leave that because I got other stuff I wanted to talk about when it comes to young people and their concerns. How about this one? Earlier today, a health unit in London, Ontario, held a news conference giving details about a case believed to be Canada's first patient with a severe respiratory illness linked to vaping. Apparently, the young guy uh, was on life support, taken off, uh, fortunately, but uh, he did have a severe respiratory illness. In the United States of America, there have been uh, dozens and dozens of deaths already cited attached to vaping. Now we've got a case here where even the minister, Christine Elliott, is suggesting that uh, public hospitals report vaping-related cases of severe pulmonary disease. What do we say to this? Uh, You know, because it was seen as kind of the antidote to smoking. 
and uh, almost uh, rather innocuous or benign. And, you know, I might even add uh, marijuana, too, legalized, and uh, everything was going to be tickety-boo. How about this in conjunction with a story I just cited, uh, where Cam H. came out with a study today, or at least the uh, Journal of the American Medical Association Psychiatry. It says cannabis use in young people may be linked to increases in depression, anxiety, and other neurological disorders. Did we do enough vetting about this? I mean, now that we're starting to see there are consequences to all of it, uh, has that been irresponsible on the part of politicians, uh, the medical establishment. You know, this is serious stuff. We've got serious health consequences. I don't know that lumping those two issues together makes a lot of sense. So let's talk about them separately. Uh, you know, on, on the vaping side, there's obviously an insufficiency of research on the health impacts of these vaping products. Well, couldn't uh, you say the same for pot? There, you're, you're right. There's, there's Thank you. I've linked them. Yeah, That's there we why. go. You've linked them fairly. I will right. give you credit. You've barely linked them. There is an insufficiency of research on both sides. I think, I think the issue is a little bit different. There is more research on uh, the cannabis side. Uh, there is certainly a healthy body of research that says that uh, underage consumption is a bad thing. That's why mm-hmm. we have a legal age of consumption in this country, first of all. Yeah, uh, and second of all, uh, there is a healthy amount of research that says if you are predisposed to certain mental health issues like anxiety and depression, uh, it will exacerbate those problems, much like any other inebriant. So alcohol, this is the same thing, right? Um, so there, there needs to be more work on that side. I think it's a bit different, though, on the vaping side in which uh, there's not enough research about the long-term health impacts. Uh, it does seem, though, that this case in, in, in Ontario, though we don't know a lot about it yet, and the, and the cases in the States are, are pretty isolated incidences uh, of problems with the technology, right? Mm. So you, you have only a, a small number of people that have died in, in the States uh, compared to the number of people that are using I think it's more than 100 already. Right. Uh, yeah. I think it's 13. Well, I've heard more, but go ahead, John. Well, I, I, you know, the, the, the key point here around vaping is the technology. It's, it seems that, you know, once someone says it's a digital technology or a new technology, people go, oh, great, no problem, uh, no rules, no requirements, uh, go for it. Uh, and you know, I think most people, their common sense would say, if you're inhaling this stuff into your body, is it really a good thing? Is that going to be good for you? Do we, and look at the flavors. I mean, you you walk down the street and you got like thirteen year olds in front of you vaping like you know blueberry, strawberry, bubble gum. I mean, like it is. I mean, it's clearly directed at at uh, folks who would enjoy that flavor. They're not like vaping gin and tonic. They're they're vaping uh, you know flavors that kids go for, right? So we know who they're they're targeting in terms of uh, this particular uh, who their audience is. Uh, you know, the question I think really comes down to why are we not investigating before we let it go into the market? And well, that's kind of my question. And so look at cannabis, for example. Look at all the stringent requirements we have on cannabis. You want uh, problems? In, uh, if you have a problem, look at CanTrust, that cannabis firm. They didn't meet their regulatory requirements. They're in big trouble now, right? And the stringency around the, the product that we produce in, in, in Canada is very, very strong. But you don't see the same kind of strategy around technologies like the vaping tools. Well, yesterday, Why is that? Well, Philip Morris and Juul were banned by India, and uh, that was a market they were hoping to kick open. And uh, so that's going to deter, I, I guess, some of their plans going forward. But Ernie, on this point, you think that maybe whoever is responsible for letting this genie out of the bottle could have done better due diligence? Yes, I think so. I don't think there's been enough scientific research done as to the possible... You know, adverse health effects, uh, yeah, either to individuals or to the community at large. Now, you're talking about the uh, the recreational marijuana issue a few seconds ago. 
Um, yes, we have an age restriction here in Ontario and in Canada and different provinces have different age restrictions, but scientific proof that uh, research that I've read about lately says that it has you know, an adverse effect on the human brain development up to age 25. Yeah. So then the question would be, why are you allowing young people uh, to do marijuana at age 18 or 19 when it has an adverse effect? You know that it has an adverse effect on their health up to age 25. It doesn't make any sense, does it? Right. Other than that, you just don't want to pay the political price of speaking out and standing up. Mm. So what you're saying is more of a political decision than it was yes. a sound medical one. Absolutely. Uh, and just to uh, punctuate the point, Dan, when you were saying that there's been extensive research, uh, the folks at CAMH were saying actually because it's only been legal for just about a year, uh, now they can actually conduct more extensive research. Up until then, when it was illegal, uh, they couldn't really get enough of, uh, I guess, a sample together, or at least uh, couldn't do it legally. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.